Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. I had the honor today of sitting down and chatting with Diana Matuzak, who is a holistic health coach. And she teaches people that there actually is a place that exists of balance with food, fitness, and their life. Diana knows this firsthand because she throughout her life had a healing journey that really twist and turned and she shares that experience and how she is now grateful and how she uses the heartache and the hard times that she went through to change lives. She is a certified holistic health coach with a mastery level certification in transformational coaching methods. She dives into what this means, what hitting mindset work means, all the things that I'm passionate about, all the things I know you all are so passionate about. She speaks so profoundly, so passionately. She's funny. She's light. She's lovely. Enjoy. Hello, Diana. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Why don't you tell the listeners who you are? Give us a little insight into your world. Sure. So I am a certified holistic health coach and transformational mindset coach, which try and say that. I was like, tell me everything about it. I want to (laughs) know. Yes, yes. So I have a pretty extensive health history myself, which I feel was divinely given to me so that I would get to this career path because I haven't always been here, but I actually started my career out as a CPA, which is like the complete opposite of a mm-hmm. health coach. The ones who <laughs> need okay. health coaches are all the CPAs. Yeah. Exactly. Right. The people who sit down for like 13 hours and get takeout for every meal. That was me. (laughs) Yeah. But um, like I said, I have a pretty extensive health history that began when I was really young um, on one side of the spectrum all the way to the other in college. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think that that really led me to where I'm at right now. So now I am an online health coach, like I said, and that's really how I run my business is just really online and stuff. But my, my whole passion is just to help women be their most confident self, find health in a way that's actually healthy, AKA like salad with a side of French fries Mm -hmm. every now and then. Um, That is very deep rooted in me. And that's everything that I preach because I believe that when you create the foundation of a healthy body and mind, it really gives you the confidence and the tenacity to go out and be your best self and create your dream life. And, And life really opens up when you treat yourself right. I couldn't agree anymore. I love everything everything about that. Yeah, I had a yeah, yeah, we're kind of aligned <laughs> in that fashion. So, you had mentioned a transform transformational mindset coach. 
Can you explain mm-hmm. that a little bit more? Because mindset is my jam. Sure. And I know my listeners yes. love it as well. So anytime we can dive into any area of that, I'm fully embracing it. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that question because sometimes when I say that, people are like, mm-hmm. what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and then they just forget about it. <laughs> um, but I got my master's in the transformational mindset coaching method which is offered by Health Coach Institute. That's where I was certified, but it really gets into the psychology of why we are the way we are. So things that happen to you when you were a child that are affecting the way that you act as an adult, um, the way you eat, the way you, your point of view with exercise, like literally everything um, really formulated when we were really young. And so the transformational mindset coaching method is where we dig into those things that are affecting the adult version of you that you really don't even know are causing um, like these speed bumps and reaching your goals. So it's really cool. And I love going through it with clients because we'll touch on something and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was even related to anything that I'm doing as an adult, you know, it's really cool. It is wonderful. Is it similar to rapid transformation therapy? Ooh, tell me more about that. So that that is like a um, a hypnosis isn't great, but I guess it's kind of a hypnosis session where you have a practitioner walking you through and they're really going through kind of those striking moments that are keeping you in these self-limiting beliefs so very similar like you go back to a thought or something you experienced as a child that made you formulate a belief that's now leading into the actions that you're continuing as an adult not subconsciously not even being aware that that's happening yeah totally you just explained it to a t for sure it's all about going back and looking at the root of your beliefs Um, many of which are unconscious beliefs that we don't quite know we're really hanging on to like a security blanket and we uproot them. We dig deep into why they're there, um, how you've brought them with you throughout the rest of your life. And then we reframe them and we decide, okay, is that serving you any anymore? No, it's not. And we have all this evidence that you don't have to believe that anymore. You get to believe something else. And it's really empowering because that, I mean, when you can do that, you can accomplish any dream or goal that you might have in your life just by going through that process. And it makes it sound really like, oh, you go back, you decide what you want to believe instead, and you keep on keeping on. And I I wish it was that easy. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the more aware you are of those unconscious beliefs, the more you see them coming up and you're able to decide something else. You know, you choose a different belief and you act in that better belief in line with that better belief instead of going back into old ways and old habits. And I, the, the piece too that I really enjoy about saying that is it's not a fix. It's not you just do this and suddenly you're fixed forever. It is a process that we do continue to work on throughout our lives. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's, we can't put it in a pill. You can't swallow it and be like good to go for the rest of your life. I wish we could. Um, And it's funny that you said that because even this morning I just had like a mini breakdown and I was 100% aware of it the whole time. And I was like, all right, 
you know, this is my old belief coming up, coming through. I'm going to, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let it come up. I'm going to let it say what it needs to say. And then I'm going to tell it that, you know, that's not true anymore. You're not serving me. This is what I know to be true. I'm going to continue on and squash the heck out of you. (laughs) So yeah, as much as I wish we could be done with those, um, beliefs that are not serving us anymore we're never really fully done with them it's just the awareness muscle that you have gets better and better and what might have tripped you up for weeks years ago now trips you up for maybe a day maybe a few hours maybe even less than that I like the awareness muscle I've never heard it that term and I really enjoy that <laughs> yeah I I use that a lot with my clients in terms of like the awareness muscle, your confidence muscle, all of your mindfulness muscle, like all of those things, it's a practice and not everyone is good at, rather nobody's good at them right at the beginning. So it is a practice for sure. And you have to be gentle with yourself. What are the very first steps that you walk your clients through to get to the point where that is acknowledging, okay, I'm having this thought, I'm having this idea. Where do you begin in that process of mindfulness? Yeah, good question. And if you heard that, I just smacked my hand (laughs) on the table. (laughs) My bad. Um, But what we do is it always starts with my clients will say, you know, I just cannot stop sitting on the couch at night and zoning out and eating my life away. Like I, my hand goes in the bowl of popcorn and before I know it, I'm in the whole pantry. And for some people, it's not quite that drastic for many it is, but it really starts with that awareness of like, okay, what is it that's tripping you up and holding you back? And that is the starting point. So then we look at what are you really trying to accomplish there? So for many of my clients, honestly, probably into the 90 95% of my clients, it's they're stressed out to the max. And when they come home, all they want to do is numb out and zone out. And it's something that they usually learned when they were really young. So maybe they were a toddler and whenever they would cry, their mom would just, you know, give them a snack or something like that. And maybe sometimes they were hungry, but maybe most of the time it was something that was more of a comfort that gave them that release and that happiness. So we, we bring it along in the rest of our life. And when you're an adult, obviously it's hard to stop doing that because you've been doing it for majority of your life. So it's creating that awareness of what am I doing that's tripping me up? And what is it that I'm trying to accomplish by doing that? So am I trying to numb out? Am I trying to relax? Am I trying to cover up the fact that I'm really lonely or hate my job or X, Y, Z? What if you don't know right away? What if you're starting to question that about yourself, but you're unsure of where that action or thought or behavior is coming from? And that's really where the transformational mindset coaching technique comes in. Um, there's, they're called like sequences or um, exercises that we go in and we break it down piece by piece. Because quite honestly, most of the time people mm-hmm. don't know what it is. They don't understand. Um, so that's really where the power in it lies because they so badly want to stop doing this thing. They want to reach their goal whatever it may be, but they don't understand why they keep doing that thing that's holding them back. Um, So there are 
it, it kind of differs between clients and what their issue really is, or I don't like the word issue, but you know what I mean? Um, and we, we go at it from that angle. So yeah, it does. Yeah. And that's where I think people get caught up sometimes too. You know, we think that we can take this on ourselves and we can conquer it, but that's where really utilizing somebody with skills like you have, Diana is so, so important and so powerful and transformational. Oh, totally. And when I learned uh, everything that I learned in being a holistic health coach is so much more than just food. And if I could go back to when I was in college and I wanted to lose the 30 pounds that I gained when I was a freshman or somewhere around there, I so badly wish that I had had somebody like me to show me that it's so much more than your body and your food and exercise. It goes so much deeper than that. And my belief is that if everybody knew the power of going into your mindset and going into the beliefs that are holding you back, you know, that saying that's like, uh, what you give power to has power over you or Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Um, I 100% believe in that. And if I could go back and tell myself one thing. It would be watch what you're saying to yourself, watch your thought patterns, watch what you are like, watch what's driving you to to do these things to yourself, you know? And that's where the turn really happens. I believe when we're saying you're you're stepping out of that automatic thought or action or behavior. And it is that mindful piece of just saying, wow, I had this thought. And it's not meeting it with shame or blame or guilt or fear, but it's just, oh, okay, I had this thought. Let's explore that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's such an important piece that you said. It's not approaching it with like shame or fear or guilt or anything like that. Um, I always come at it with the approach of curiosity. And sometimes I feel like sometimes people are like, you are so annoying when you say that. (laughs) And I'm like, I know I am. (laughs) And I would have thought the same thing years ago, but it really is curiosity because when you come at it from that point of guilt or shame or being so self-critical, you're just fueling the fire. Whereas if you step back and you disassociate yourself, look at yourself from a bird's eye point of view and say, okay, what am I really trying to do here? And you try and be empathetic with yourself. Then you actually see the things that are holding you back or the habits or beliefs or fill in the blank of things that are causing you to do, um, to binge eat or to not eat at all, or to over-exercise or to have anxiety or be really hard on yourself all the time. Do you think that it's possible for people to really fully and sustainably overcome those issues if they're not tackling that mindset piece? Honestly, no, I I don't. I, I know for myself, I was not fully healed until I looked at the mindset piece and it's just such a critical part and you might, you might be healed for a, a little bit, maybe a few months, maybe even a few years. But if you don't attack the root of the problem and really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like dig it up and reform it and remake it and make it something that really feels good to you. It's going to come back because that it's that unconscious 
subconscious fear part of you that's always trying to keep you stuck, always trying to keep you where you're at. So if you don't address it and you don't show it like, all right, I hear you, but I don't need you right now, then it's always going to come back. Meeting it with that approach too. I love how you said, like, I see you, I hear you. I don't need you right now. That's in the exact same way that you just said, we're not saying like, I'm meeting you with shame. I'm meeting you like you're doing this to me. No, it's embracing even that ugly dark side of us that we don't want to be feeling and saying, thank you for serving your purpose when you were serving your purpose, but I don't need you now. Absolutely. Totally. And that's something I have hired coaches myself, which I think is a really powerful thing to say that like everybody Mm -hmm. needs coach coaches need coaches too. And One of my first coaches, whenever those fear thoughts would come up, she would say, all right, let it out. Let it speak. What else does it have to say? Like, did it get everything out? Is it still holding on to some things? Let's let it say its piece, say absolutely everything it's trying to tell you. And you look at that fear and you say, all right, thank you. Thank you for solving a past problem that I had. You did a great job but I'm going to choose a better solution now. Like, I appreciate you. Thank you. But I'm going to do this instead. When, and when we allow that space to be there and to speak a fear or think a fear or write a fear, whatever, but get that fear out. There's not as much power there in it. Then it loses something when it's out. Totally. One of the techniques that I use with clients where they might have, you know, Uh, word vomit of fears. And so what I do is I say, okay, write down all of that, like get it all out of your head. Don't let it live in your head anymore. Get it all out on paper and look at it. And it kind of makes you like face palm because you're like, seriously, (laughs) I, that was holding me back. Like, come on. And it, you're right. It does. It, it takes its power. Another thing I like to do is after you write it all down, we put a huge X through it and you say, cool, thanks. You served me well once, but I'm going to do, I'm going to move on. I'm going to up level. I'm going to be a better version of myself and I'm done with you. And it kind of acts as that like closure. It's like you broke up with a boyfriend that, <laughs> that you just couldn't get over. And now you're like, okay, I feel better. I can move on. And there, then that person or you, you're taking the power of that. You're no longer giving that power to your fear or your thought or whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of also strengthening that awareness muscle that we were just talking about because the next time it shows up you're a lot quicker to noticing it and you can see it for what it is and you can call yourself out on your own Mm -hmm. bs and be like all right ex-boyfriend get out of (laughs) here i hear you but bye Uh, somebody once said to me not too long ago they were talking about how they give their fear gremlins or those those negative thoughts and beliefs they actually give them like some crazy name whether it's I love that. Tom or Jackie or whatever it is. And then you're addressing, like, it's kind of making light of it. Like, you're having this conversation with this name thing. And it's no longer this, like, big, dark, <laughs> scary fear. It's something light and airy that you can talk about. Yes, I love that. That's such a good idea. Name it, like, exactly. Harry, the big, ugly exactly. monster. <laughs> something just totally ridiculous. Yeah. What's yeah. up, Harry? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you you had mentioned a little bit about your healing journey walk us through mm-hmm. what that means for you 
And how that got you, I love to hear anybody's story. How that took you from being a CPA to a holistic health coach? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So where, where do I even start with that? Um, so basically what that means to me is everything. Honestly, my healing journey brought me to discovering I am a Christian, so I believe in God and it led me to discovering what I believe God created me to do on this earth. And I think that he put me through all of that, which I will tell you, um, so that I can help other people either get out of it or totally miss what I went through and to create more authenticity and happiness and true health and abundance in this world. So starting from the beginning, back when I was around 10 years old, I was diagnosed with insulin resistance syndrome. So for people who don't know what that is, that's like pre type two diabetes, people call it metabolic syndrome. Um, and most adults actually get that's that a lot and adults get it from, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was about 10 actually. Um, but still, I mean, if adults are usually getting it, I was 10 years old, you know, that's, that's scary. I had high blood pressure, high blood sugar, high cholesterol, like you name it. I had it. I was, I was not a healthy kid though. I was incredibly active. I just, grew up in that time in a small town where health was not talked about. It wasn't known. It was just, you know, you eat the processed food because that's Mm -hmm. what we eat in America. Um, So it was a big, I would say it was a really big learning process for my whole family because when that happened to me, we all took the reins. We started buying wheat bread instead of white bread. We stopped buying candy. Like we all changed our lifestyle. So long story short on that part, I eventually became a healthy kid. I learned how to manage it. I understood sugar in my body. Um, And it's crazy because when I was around, I want to say like 12 or 13 years old, I was one of the chubby kids in school. And I decided I didn't want to be the chubby kid anymore. So what I started doing is I would count on my hand how many times or how many things I had eaten that day. And if it went past five, I wouldn't allow myself to eat anymore. And what's so incredibly scary to me is I have no idea where I learned that, how I learned that, how it got brought into my life, because it sure as heck was not my family. Um, and that to me is terrifying. So I did lose a lot of weight. And then I, be- I, I was healthy in high school. I was active. I ate fine. I wasn't um, afraid to eat. I, I stopped counting as soon. Thank God I stopped counting as soon as I got to a place where I felt more comfortable. But that, that did come back to me in college. So like I said, when I was a freshman, I was I was the life of the party. And before I knew it, that was one too many times to the fried food section of the cafeteria and, you know, raspberry Smirnoff mixed with like orange Fanta and disgusting stuff like that. I found myself a lot heavier than what I was going into college. So again, it kind of the process restarted and I just wanted to be I just wanted to be where I was when I went into college. I didn't have this amazing body, but I was confident. I felt great. I 
would go out and meet new people. I was outgoing. And I just wanted that version of me back again because over when I gained those pounds and I was a little bit overweight, I lost that part of me. I was not confident. I didn't want to go to the beach. I didn't want to go up and talk to boys and all the, all the things. So it really just started with me wanting to get back to where I was. And another long story short, what happened was I would read every single night as much as I could about how to eat for a flat belly, how to work out for a flat belly, fill in the blank. And what I found was too much research. It was like I knew too much. I soon became fearful of foods. I was afraid of apples and bananas because I thought they were too sugary and too carby. And I would get so anxious around food. Like I was terrified to eat anything that it was on the no list for all these quote unquote gurus out there who were really not qualified to be saying those things. Um, And I'm not blaming it on them. Obviously it was my fault. I, I read all of this stuff, but again, it's scary that there's all of that information out there. Um, So I, I had fears of foods. I was afraid of alcohol. And when I say that, I think it's really important because to this day, I'm not a huge drinker. I just, it's not my thing. Maybe like once every three months, I'm like, yeah, let's go out. That sounds fun. And then the rest of the time I'm like, I'm going to go to bed at 930. Mm. (laughs) And that's just me. Right. But there's a difference between not wanting to drink because you're just not into it and not wanting to drink because you're afraid that it's going to make you fat. And most of the time I was afraid it was going to make me fat. So I lost friendships over my fear with food and alcohol. I, my friends didn't know who I was anymore. I would, I didn't know who I was anymore. Like I was a whole new person. And it's so, again, it's so scary because never in a million years did I think that I would be one to have those sorts of disordered relationships with food. But before I knew it through college, I had two. I was extremely terrified of food, which led me to years of uncontrollable binging. And the way I described it was, it was like a demon inside of me, like something outside of myself would come about and make me do these things or think these things that was not me. So yeah, mindset is everything. Because if I didn't come back at all of those things with a mindset, and decide that I deserve to live my life and not be afraid of an apple and be able to buy chips and not be afraid I'm going to eat the whole bag and go through the pantry and have a raid. Like, it's just, it's scary how powerful those things can be. So my journey to healing, like, to bring this back to what you had asked is, I know for a fact that God put me through all of those things, every side of the spectrum of unhealthy to help other people avoid it or get out of it themselves. I relate so much to my very core stories are very, very similar in a lot of aspects. And there was a very strong moment that I had in my life where I actually was journaling one day and wrote down, I am grateful for my disordered eating and my addictions to exercise. And the fact that I had automatically wrote that at the time and really fully believed it was, it made me stop and take a break because I couldn't imagine 
in my darkest time when I was really struggling, I would never imagine for a thousand zillion dollars in the world that you could tell me at one point in time in my life, I would feel very grateful for that dark time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100% relate. And it's, maybe it sounds crazy to say that we are grateful for that, but it's true because I think in going through that, it helped me realize who I want to be and the person that I want to be and the person that I don't want to be. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I started out my career as a CPA because through college, I was going through my struggles and toward the end of it, I was definitely on my way out, but I couldn't restart school to be um, a nutritionist or a dietitian or something like that. So I went into the corporate world and when I got there, that feeling of gratitude for going through everything I went through was so strong because I knew I was like, I was not created to be a CPA. I was great at what I did and I didn't hate it, but it was like, being in that realm made me realize like you were made for more. You were not made for this. Like, listen to your gut, listen to your heart, go out there and be who you were created to be. So 100% so grateful for everything I went through, even though I would not wish it on my worst enemy. And that's why I am grateful that you are doing what you are doing because I, the same, I would never wish that, I can't imagine as a young child to say I'm going to eat five things a day or, and so many people feel that and have experienced that. But for you to share that story and pour your heart and soul into your coaching so you can stop that cycle. So it is something that somebody doesn't have to get to that rock bottom point in their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, right back at you, we're both trying to spread the word that health can be fun. Health can be easier. And, um, oh, you made me think of something. It always happens to me. I have a thought and then it goes away and I'm like, well, maybe I wasn't. That's exactly right. It's just exactly how the universe flows with it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, along, I, I love that you said like, thank you for sharing your story and going into that, but it's really, I hear often, like, isn't it hard for you to talk about that? And honestly, no. Like, when I get really into it, yeah, it can be hard. I've done workshops where it it chokes me up a little bit. But at the same time, like, that was my path, you know? That's not – I'm not ashamed of it. It's something – that was meant for me. So, no, I'm not ashamed in talking about it. For me, it's the same, too. There's – for a long time I held my story and because I was very ashamed of it and then you start Mm -hmm. again just like fear you start saying it and you start putting it out and then it doesn't hold that power but I get emotional sometimes when a thought or something that happened in the past I remember and it makes me emotional because it makes me so sad that I lived Mm -hmm. that way for so long Oh, totally. Totally. Like when I was saying that I lost friendships over it, I, I would say that I disconnected myself from my friends, which is normal for Mm -hmm. disordered eating. You isolate yourself. Um, But I'm almost sad for my friends because they lost me and they didn't know what to do. And I, at that time was incredibly ashamed of it. I was horrified. So I told 
nobody. I went through my experience completely alone. It wasn't until I was on my way out that I even told two people and I didn't even really tell them everything. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard in those aspects. And even sometimes like my fiance, Tyler, he knew me during that time and we had hung out a little bit during that time. But when I talk about things that I went through, he just can't even relate because he's like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know that version of you. And I was like, thank Mm -hmm. goodness. You know, like, I don't want you to know that version of me. I I'm proud of it. But at the same time, she's not coming back. She is long gone. She's done. She is not having that power ownership over anybody ever again. Yes. She's like, Harry. I like it. I love when it circles back. (laughs) Can you Diana, tell us a little bit about your coaching, your thrive, your thrive program? What What are you all about and what does that look like for you? Yes, absolutely. So I firmly believe that wanting to improve your physical body, so having aesthetic goals, is not bad. I do not at all think it's a wrong thing personally um, because, like I said earlier, when you create the foundation of your healthiest body, your healthiest mind, it opens up life to you in a way that you never really experienced before. You have confidence and happiness and energy, like all the things that we all want that you might not have experienced if you didn't challenge yourself to be the healthiest, strongest, most fit, fill in the blank version of you. So i don't think that having aesthetic goals is wrong. So because of that, I do talk about healthy fat loss. And I talk about that because when I tried to do it, it was not healthy Mm -hmm. at all. So I want to put out there, these are the healthy ways to do it. And as I'm sure you probably see this coming, everything that I say, we come from the approach of, okay, why are you doing that? So why do you want that stronger, more fit, less fat body of uh, that you body that you desire. And it's usually because I want the confidence to start dating again, or I want the energy to get through a work day and show what I'm really made of, or I want the energy to stay up at night and hang out with my family or my friends, or it's something that's much deeper than just what the body is. So once we discover that underlying goal, that's what we work for. So we're going to set up this healthy lifestyle, eating 80, 70, 90% nutritious because of that thing, because of that confidence aspect or that best version of you aspect, not because of the body. It just so happens that a stronger, more fit body is like a side effect. It's like you get the, the side of it with your entree. <laughs> so that's the approach that I really go at. So I do talk about nutrition and healthy food and how to make healthier choices. But I always come from the the side of, I will never tell you to stop eating something or to stop having pancakes on Sunday or to stop going to happy hour with your friends. Because the point of being the healthiest version of you is to live your best life. And if you love going to happy hour with your friends, then I want you to keep doing that. So it health is, it's everything. It's what you do. It's your lifestyle. It's what you eat. It's the way you work out. It's the way you think. It's all of that. So everything that I ever do comes from that standpoint of, all right, is this decision making you the best version of you? If yes, awesome. 
So I love to remake, I call it less than nutritious foods because I don't like unhealthy or bad or words like that. So I like to make less than nutritious foods a little bit healthier with some better ingredients and things like that. So when someone works with me privately, we go through we go through those deep rooted issues or we go through, why are you having this mindset block? We go pretty deep, but this new um, course that I made, it's six weeks. It's all online. So it's self-paced. We go into macros. We go into eating for your body type. I, I don't count macros because obviously I have a very addictive, obsessive personality. So it's unhealthy for me. So I, I, say that, no, you don't have to count them. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, I just wanted to mention that because I feel like everyone, you know, counting macros is all the rage and it's not bad, but you don't it's have a good to. tool. So it's a tool that was it's very a great tool for me. I very much understand as well. It's a great learning tool, but it's a tool Absolutely. and a step, not your yes. life. Exactly. And that's what I say through that whole six week course. I'm like, Everything I'm giving you is another tool to add to your toolbox. If it works for you, awesome. Let's run with it. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. There's other options. And I know counting macros works for tons of people. So that's great. And if you're one of those people, then by all means, do it. But I like to say that, like, don't feel like you have to. Just like, you know, don't feel like you have to cut out gluten because so-and-so does. Um, and And, you know going down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so in, in the six week course, we go through macros, we go through eating for your body type, we go through portion sizing, we go through understanding what food feels like in your body and how to know what foods really work best for you so that you are that energetic, productive, fro- focused, you know, sleeping really well, strong version of you. And then we also go into cravings from a chemical standpoint. So from a biological standpoint, what's going on with your hormones, um, with your blood sugar, all that good stuff. And we also hit cravings from the side of, are you really craving food or are you craving companionship or love or maybe you miss your mom or or things like that? There's so many different um, reasons for cravings. Some of them literally physical, some of them emotional. So to me, it's important to hit every aspect. And like I was saying earlier, I'm totally an advocate for having your veggies, but having a side of sweet potato fries or, you know, the brownie with ice cream and caramel sauce all over it. So I have a whole section on indulging and how to indulge in a really healthy way and um, do it daily and have the real deal sometimes, but also how to make it a little bit healthier. And I, I, I read this quote once. This is like the last section of my e-course, but it was looking at your life and understanding how what you're balancing on your plate in life is affecting what's on your dinner plate, which I thought was so cool because that is everything I'm about. I'm like, okay, let's look at your life. Let's see what's causing you to emotionally eat at night or not eat at all or fill in the blank. And really, as you can see, I come at it from every single standpoint because from my story, I just want people to be successful. I want them to be happy and healthy and confident. So I give you every tool that you might need to have in your toolbox to be that healthiest, best version of you. So that's my my most recent um, course that I'm super excited about. 
kind of shouting it from the rooftop rooftops because I'm like this is everything I needed this is everything everybody needs like you gotta check it out (laughs) so um yeah that's that's the e-course thrive and that's also a lot of what I actually just wrote a book about so yeah a lot of stuff so many wonderful things and you can tell exactly as if the listeners already can't tell from the words that you've said and the passion that you have for what you're saying what a good coach you are look at the fundamentals of how she is setting up this program it is to give you the tools the information, the resources you need. So you really truly can thrive just as the name is. You can do that on your own. You're not needing a coach forever. You can learn those things and then do that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you highlighted that because that's my goal is I want to, I want to set you up for success and then I want to watch you fly. I want to watch you do it on your own. And I do give every tool for your toolbox because what we all have heard this phrase a million times before, but what works for one person doesn't work for somebody else. So I want you to have the things that really work for you and be able to try them on and see what works and find your perfect fit, which is honestly, I think everybody's perfect fit is different. What is your book? Ooh, yes. So my book is called To Kale and Back. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Uh, To Kale and Back. Ditch the rules and learn to thrive in food, fitness, and life. And it's a lot about my life experience and the things that I went through and just bringing to life how prevalent this really is, even though we don't like to talk about it. Because I know for a fact there are plenty of people who have experienced something really similar to what I did. And they're not telling anybody and they're not getting help. And they're just thinking that. They're just thinking that they're fit. Like when I was going through my struggles in college, I just, I thought I was being a fit person. I thought I was, you know, uh, doing all the things that I was supposed to do if I wanted to have that lifestyle. And you don't have to do that. I know there are so many people out there doing that. So I go through some of my life experience, but I also go through it from like a, a science aspect. And we go into some of that psychology and psychology. Um, and we look at society and we see what things are wrong. We see that the way that we talk, how it's affecting the way that our kids grow up. Like just to give an example of that, when maybe you go out to lunch with your girlfriends and you tell your girlfriend like, Oh my gosh, that dress looks so good on you. Like, I love it. Where'd you get it? And they're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, nothing looked good on me. This is the only thing that fit. And it's like, no, Take the compliment. <laughs> you can say thank you. <laughs> yes. Like you just be, just because you say thank you doesn't mean you're into yourself or anything like that. Like you can be humble and be confident and love yourself and not put yourself down. So I, I go into some of those things like societal measures. Um, and it is, there are some how to's in there. There are, there is nutrition and there's some exercise. There's some life psychology things. Like what do you want to do? I dive into how we kind of grow up in this world where we're taught, You go to school, you go to college, you get a major where you're guaranteed to get a job, you graduate, you get the job, you work till you're dead, and then you Mm -hmm. die. (laughs) And so I go through, like, for some people, that's what they want to do. Like, great. Before I went through my eating disorders, I did want to be a a CPA. That was what I wanted to do. And there's plenty of people out there who, more power to you, you're doing exactly what I was talking about. 
going after what you really want in your life. But there are plenty of people who are really passionate about like singing or something, but they don't feel that they can pursue it because it's not a safe alternative. So to me, like I said, health is everything. Health is your life. Health is food. Health is exercise. So I hit everything in that book. Is it out? Can we read it? Can we? Is it coming? Uh, it's coming. It's so close. Um, it's looking like the end of June, um, available for pre-order in like two or three weeks, which I can't wait. It was supposed to be a little sooner than that, but that's okay. Good things take time. So it'll be out. Oh, I can't wait that I have. Yeah. I'm pre-ordering it as soon as possible. That sounds absolutely incredible. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I love to end every episode with some rapid fire questions and are you ready for them? They're not. I don't know, but they're not that crazy. <laughs> so I, you'll you'll survive. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. <laughs> what is one thing about you that nobody would ever guess, Diana? Um, I'm a natural. Aww. Me too. We are very <laughs> aligned here. I love it. This is perfect. <laughs> what would you say is your super weapon? Oh my, my super weapon is my empathy and awareness of other people's thoughts. I feel like I read people really well um, and I can kind of approach them in a way that makes them feel really safe and really comfortable. Makings of a very, very wonderful coach. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) And what does being fierce mean to you? Oh, I love this question. Being fierce means being truly 100% authentically you, not caring what other people think, obviously being nice, like a nice human and (laughs) not being rude about it, but, but owning yourself and owning your strengths. And if someone compliments you, being able to say, thank you. Yeah, I worked hard on that. And, and just being you, being proud of it and going after everything it is that you want in your life. That is fierce that sounds fierce to me as well (laughs) this was fantastic thank you so much for being open for sharing and letting everybody know that they're not alone in that journey and that there is a giant beautiful shining light at the end of that tunnel yeah thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to reach more people and thank you for doing what you do I mean We are all in this together. Well, thank you. And where can everybody find you? Where can they pre-order that book? Where can they join that Thrive program? Yes, I love it. So my website is dianamatuzak.com, which it's D-I-A-N-A-M-A-T-U-S-Z-A-K. It's kind of a mouthful. But my e-course thrive is on there any other coaching programs I have is on there I have a free dessert um, recipe book where I make Mm. healthified versions of less than nutritious things that's my favorite thing on the website (laughs) Um, and my book will be available for pre-order on my website as soon as it can be which will be pretty darn soon so um, definitely look for that there. And then I'm on Instagram, Diana underscore Matuzak and on Facebook, Diana Matuzak. Wonderful. Coach. And I'll have that all in the show notes too. So if they're not writing down all of that information, they can go ahead and just click right through that and 
figure out whatever path they need to to reach you and to be connected with you. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.